The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, did you notice our new theme music? Yes, it sounded exciting and fun and like professional music. It did. I We apparently hired a house band. That was Falcon 5.0 with Hard Living. And Tom, I'm a little concerned, man. I mean, last week we, we hired a news desk and field reporters... This week, we have a house band. Like, who's paying for all this stuff, man? Well, it's certainly not me. So, I guess I'm just wondering if you've won the lottery recently, or... No, but now I'm not looking forward to getting my credit card statement. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I think we should tell everybody, no, that there are just some people that really like the show, and they just want to help us out as much as they can, so they said, please do whatever and so we took them up on the offer but i guess it does make it official we have a band for the show now yeah so we're gonna play hard living will be our opening now instead of what we had previously and then we'll just play kind of a different song of theirs on the outro of every episode now so you'll get to experience a little bit of the uh, music that tom and i thoroughly enjoy thoroughly i just like i just want to reiterate that thoroughly (laughs) thanks So, on that note, buddy, how's your week, man? Week was okay. I think it's, I mean, this is a no spoiler. We're recording this just after Game of Thrones just aired. And for those that watched it, wow. I was one of those people. I'm also one of the people that are bitching a little bit that it's the most expensive single episode of television ever produced. And I think I got to see half of it because it was so, it was filmed so dark. Who made that decision? <laughs> I have not watched it yet. I you know, full disclosure, I am a little bit behind. I was a little late to the to getting to the Game of Thrones realm, but luckily my co host Tom didn't give up telling me, Hey, you gotta watch this show, you gotta watch this show. And so I actually am a couple past the red wedding and in case there are people who are listening that are not even that far, I'm not gonna, you know, talk about more specifics as far as that, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting caught up to where you are and and seeing the the darkness, I think maybe it was just a setting on your TV. Like, did you no. have it on? Are you sure? No, <laughs> it, it pretty much spread across social media like a wildfire. Like, hey, that was super awesome what I saw of it. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. So, I mean, I'm not a professional cinematographer. I just thought maybe they should have made it so you could actually see what was going on. I, I don't know. Like, there's, I can hear dragons. 
I can't see dragons. <laughs> so there was a lot of that. And it's hard to do spoilers when I'm not sure what happened. Like, I can't tell you if somebody died or didn't die because, well, I don't know. Maybe just hearing the dragon makes it scarier. You know, I mean, like, that would be scary to me if I, you know, I was like hanging out in the dark and heard a freaking dragon. Well, there are certain reasons half the people involved in the fight weren't going to be scared. But again, I can't tell well, you anything. Right. I and assume- I, would, I would tell you right now, I feel like I'm a fairly confident, um, I don't want to say the word brave, but like, it takes a lot to get to me. But I'm, I feel like if I heard a dragon flying over my head and screeching, I'd shit my pants. <laughs> so, I mean, you're right about that part. Yeah. That's a positive shit sign right there. Yeah. Roger that. Well, man, I mean, for me, my 17-year-old had prom this weekend, so got to do the whole, like, I, and I don't want to get off on a side rant for too long here, but I'm like, when the hell did prom become this, like, a wedding thing, dude? Like, when I went to prom, it was, when I picked up my date, we took some pictures at her house, we went back to my house, took a couple of pictures, went and ate dinner, went to the prom. Now it's, like, they have professional photographers. We didn't get one, but, I mean, they have that ability. We were taking pictures, like, four hours before prom. They went eight, and then they have this big prom walk-in, which they had all kinds of vehicles. They even had a tank, dude. Had a tank at prom walk-in. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was cool, but I'm like, when did it become such a spectacle, I guess, is... But maybe I'm just old. I'm still a little ways off, but, yeah, prom used to be... I don't want to ever say it was cheap because, I mean, dresses, tuxedos, you know, stuff like that. And when you're a junior in high school, going out to dinner can be expensive. But no, I I completely agree. It was we took some photos on some handheld cameras. You took a couple (laughs) perfunctory photos at prom. Yep. And then you danced. My school, well, one of the schools I went to had after prom, like it was a. Yeah. They did fundraisers throughout the year so that there was plenty of money. They had lots of activities, prizes. It was a controlled environment. There were volunteer parents there to help. It was actually a very cool experience. It was still very straightforward. Nothing like what you were just talking about. So dreading that. The place I went to school for high school, we did not have a project prom or after prom or whatever the hell you want to call it. We actually cut out of our prom early, like, there was six or seven of us that did because it was a little boring. Um, and then we all went bowling in tuxedos and prom dresses, which was a hell of a lot more fun. <sighs> well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was no drinking involved. No, all. actually, there really was. That's, you know, Legitimately, okay. there really wasn't. Yeah. It was just. All right. No, I, I was a good kid, man. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't I met, drink at my props either. It wasn't until I met you that I, uh, you know. <laughs> regularly <laughs> start doing bad things yeah anyway i was just gonna say it was just wow you just got me thinking about it and because i you know now that i think about it kids are doing all these elaborate stuff just to ask each other oh, to go yeah. to prom i'm like Hashtag why can't it just be yeah yeah like what the hell anyways tom you have brought up now social media because you were talked about there was some issues on social media with game of thrones tonight so i know what part of the show this is for you absolutely how do you get a drink there it is social media time so you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter all at just some podcast you can find us on the web www.justsomepodcast.com 
you can email us admin at justthepodcast.com. Tom, where else can they find us? Well, they can also now find us on YouTube or Helium Radio Network, courtesy of our new provider, Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, which is our new podcast provider. They can also give us ratings or reviews on any of those social media sites that we were just talking about. They can also help out the show by going to our website. At the bottom, there's an Amazon affiliate link for shopping. Before they do any of their shopping, just go click on that. It takes them right to their uh, Amazon site. They can shop and it helps out the show. I think there's one more thing, right, Ben? There is. If you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you'll see that we, a couple weeks ago, have launched an online store, Tom. You can find Just Some Podcast merch now. And I, I'm excited. We have merch. We have merch. I mean, isn't that great? <sighs> the socks that we uh, had designed, I think those were a big hit. Everybody seemed to like those on Facebook. The t-shirts, you know, you can get the one that... Has a big Just Some Podcast logo on the front. On the back, it's got one of our reviews from uh, probably our favorite review so far, which is that we're the most okayest podcast ever, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah, that's uh, and honestly, other people that do podcast, when we showed them that, they just automatically latched onto that. They're like, "Is that real?" We're like, "No, oh, no, that's absolutely real." Yeah. Somebody yeah. really put that on there, and that I think that became possibly one of my favorites if not my favorite and then the other shirt that we have is you know because we do flub words up here occasionally and it actually started tom you started this movement oh thank you 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 would start a movement one day but and here it is during the alcohol episode we were talking and you're like oh words are hard and (laughs) we have ran with that so anytime we flub in the show you know we say words are hard so you can actually get a Words Are Hard shirt, because we know that words are hard for you too sometimes. And we even got that down into the onesies, Tom. So like, you know, babies not talking yet. You know what that means? You know, words, words are hard. hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. <laughs> so check out the store. You can find it on our website, justsomepodcast.com. Up at the top, you'll see the word store. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store. You can make all your purchases and get some merch. Yeah, I always knew I'd be part of a movement and... <laughs> start things and possibly involving alcohol. I just figured it would end in world domination, not t-shirts, but Hey, this is that start. So perhaps this is the start to that Tom. Who knows? Yes. Perhaps this is how it all begins. History is going to record this as the day of world domination. So, uh, world domination. That's right. All right, Tom, are you ready to get into stories that you may have missed? I am. Are they about me and dominating the world? Not yet. Okay, I just want to check. Books. That, that, that will come along right after that Nobel Prize. Uh, <laughs> hey, maybe that's a new shirt. You need to do a shirt that says, where's my Nobel Prize? Or, and I just want to keep everybody up to date. It's been a few weeks since the last time we talked about this, but so far my wife is still not listening to the show. <laughs> and I think she knows something's up now, though, because when we were talking about it and I mentioned something, I don't remember the exact reference, but I do remember I was like, oh, so you listen to the show. She was like, yeah. I was like, you do, huh? You do? And I think I overplayed my hand because she's like, yeah. wait, why? What? What happened? And I was like, I don't know. You said you listened to the show. I'm just saying. So this has been several weeks now. So just I'm trying to keep I'm trying to make my life and the listeners, like, I want them to be part of my life. And I'm just saying. I'm with you. I understand, buddy. Yeah. So maybe she's going to be the first to be exiled when I become world ruler. I don't know. I doubt it. 
All right. <laughs> so let's get into stories. Tom. Ben. Did you know that there was a new research study that is out recently that showed marijuana users are less likely to be overweight or obese, despite the phenomenon of the munchies that they have? No, but you definitely have my uh, interest peaked. Let's, uh, let's keep going. Well, just to kind of give you some statistics in case you're curious, current studies estimate that about 22 million people in the United States regularly use cannabis. 90% say they use it recreate. Words are hard. Yeah. Recreationally. While the remaining 10% use it for medicinal purposes. You got that glaucoma. Got the fibro. That's right. Oh, Tom, you're not going to like this. So a team of researchers from Michigan State University set out to investigate the matter further, investigating whether people who regularly consume marijuana are more likely to gain weight. So they included about 3,300 participants aged 18 or over who completed computer-assisted interviews about their cannabis use and their BMI. And they applied a linear model to study the relationship, and it determined that they do, in fact, have a lower BMI, and they were less likely to be overweight or obese. They are quoted as saying, We found that users, even those who just started, were more likely to be at a normal, healthier weight and stay at that weight. Only 15% of persistent users were considered obese, compared to 20% of non-marijuana users. Well, maybe it's because they're so depressed because they live in Michigan. I mean, that could be part of the reason why they're they're having so many issues. Well, I believe that the uh, not the 33,000 people were not just from Michigan because it was a study through Michigan State University, but also the National Epidemiologic Survey on Alcohol and Related Conditions, the NISARC. <laughs> oh, yeah, just, okay. Uh, just relaying the information. I'm by. still blaming Michigan State, though I will say Michigan State's better than that other team, so... That we won't even no, mention. don't mention them. They're not worth it. I, d- I did. They're a bunch of jerks. Well, all right then. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said good day, sir. Good day. Well, Tom, you got anything else you want to go into before we jump into the episode? Let's see here. Mm, nope, I don't think so. I think I'm ready to move forward. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, there you go. From this part of the show on, I don't know how long this is going to go, and I don't know how this conversation is going to go. And Tom and I were like, when we were talking pre-op, oh, Jesus, <laughs> not pre-op, when we were talking pre-show and texting earlier today about the show, I was like, well, here, let's do this. And you're like, well, what topic? And I'm like, I, I really don't have one. Let's just have a conversation. Kind of like the moral injury episode. Right, Tom? Correct, sir. And so I said, you know, I want to... Talk about a topic that probably doesn't get talked about a lot, or at least you don't. I don't think you see a lot of it, and that is religion and healthcare, and more particularly religion as a provider, and and kind of going from there. So this will either be a great episode that is downloaded a lot, or people will read the title of it and decide, you know, not gonna listen to that one. <laughs> and you know, if they do or they don't, I still feel like we're doing the best we can for the show and for our listeners. So not everything is going to be everyone's cup of tea. I am sure people did not want to hear me talk about me getting a vasectomy. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it's going to happen, but I think it's an important topic to us. So, or to have these conversations every once in a while. And so I said, yeah, let's, let's rock and roll. And so in just looking at religion in general, I mean, I know that there's been a big push over the last 10 years or so in regards to, 
cultural sensitive care, particularly from like nursing. So, you know, making sure that you're respecting the beliefs of the patient and, and trying to coincide that along with the, the plan of care that we're trying to provide for the patient. And I don't, I think as a provider, that is no different. And I'm recently new in my faith. I was baptized about a year, little, not quite a year ago. And before that, I, d- I don't know that I really had a specific belief on religion. I kind of floated in, in research and didn't really have much that I felt one way or another. And I talked to a physician in the ER one time. And I asked her, I said, you know, how do you, how do you prepare for your day? Like when you're headed to work? And she said, you know, honestly, I pray every morning that I will have the knowledge to diagnose and take care of whatever is put in front of me. And I was like, it's pretty deep. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And so that kind of stuck with me for a while. And then, you know, I, it was actually a helicopter that brought me to my faith. As weird as that Because it came from the sky? <laughs> no. <laughs> Easter two years ago, the church that we now go to had an Easter egg hunt, and they dropped eggs from the football or on the football field from a helicopter. And I had to work, but my wife took the children. And in order to participate in the egg hunt, you had to attend the service that day. Uh, so we attended the service, and or they attended the service. I come home from work the next day, and my wife's like, "You know, I think we're going to start going to this." This church, I, you know, they seem down to earth. Nice people. All right. So we go and we start going, we probably go a month or two. And you know how it is. I mean, you just got, well, let's sleep in today. Let's sleep in this week. And then, oh, I'm real tired. No, you know, the kids are still sleeping. No, let's, you know. And so we went probably six weeks without going. And before we had stopped going, the pastor of this church had befriended me on social media. And so he sent me a message just completely out of the blue and he says, hey, Let's go have coffee. To him, I said, okay, sure. When do you want to do that? And to my wife, I said, great. Thanks. You got me in trouble. <laughs> you know, like, we haven't been going. He's going to know because it's a small church. I'm in trouble. So meeting for coffee later that week. And, you know, he said, he said, you know, I just want to tell you my story. And, and I just want to hear about your, you know, your life. And so he told me his story and it involved being emancipated at 16, selling drugs, using drugs, joining the military because a police officer actually stopped him and basically said, here's what you're doing. You're joining the military. And that's how that happened. Hey, if it helped him out, <laughs> then right. that was the right, that was the right move. So, you know, from there, he, he just kind of, you know, laid his whole story out for me. And I was like, wow, like this, you know, I'm going to start stepping on toes here and I don't mean to. It, there are some pastors and preachers out there that you feel like they're talking down to you like they are the almighty themselves and they're looking down on you and you don't mean the ones that have like football stadiums for churches and like twelve thousand dollar suits right right you know and it, it just wasn't that way it was like hey wow they're like this guy's been through some shit like you know this is this is legit and so i kind of just talked about my life and how my wife and i met and everything you know just kind of vomiting of of words and Left there, called my wife and said, you know what? I think we're going to start going back there again. And I don't think we've missed a day since. We got very involved, obviously. <laughs> and then we made the decision to get baptized. And we actually did that together, which was kind of cool. Like, you know, my my wife and I, like, that was a huge decision for us. And we've just kind of continued to grow from there. And I, I just think 
that sometimes as providers and sometimes as nursing or medical staff, it's a it's it it's a weird conundrum between the two. Well, just for a side diversion for a second, just while you were talking, I'm rambling. Well, no, it wasn't rambling. You were telling the story of basically how we came about to do this episode. I, I think that's important. I think it's important for us to, I guess, maybe illustrate why, if if religion is a major part of your life, how it can be a good and grounding force. Because for some reason, I was just thinking it can also be a terrible one if you let it get in your way, like the young female Muslim doctor that was quoted on social media saying she would specifically give Jewish patients wrong medications. Yes, I do remember that. And yes. there was no reason. It wasn't that these people murdered her family. Um, it wasn't that they had personally attacked her in some way. These were people she had no idea who they were. It was completely based off religion, religion. and cultural bias. Yes. And... I am part of the group that says, hey, you are free to have whatever religious beliefs. And if you want them to be a moral or grounding or guiding principle in some of the things you do, I think that's that's fine. I don't think it should interrupt how we provide service to our patients, but that's my personal belief on it. And I think you start getting into ethics and some things along that line as well. Like I, when I went through bioethics when I was getting my bachelor's and then my master's you know that to me that class could have been so much more than what it was did you have to take bioethics no okay it's like they talk about basically the ethical stuff you know like and they hit the hot button topics abortion oh yeah sterilization you know DNA, like selective dna I can't think of what the word is right now. I know what you're talking about, like gene selections and CRISPR. Yes. And I, I did go through a class that was an ethics class. It wasn't specifically bioethics. I can't remember the name of it specifically in my bachelor's, but yeah, I did go through one. But if I was teaching that class, the way that I would have done it is not just, okay, this is our 33rd episode of this show. Clearly, you know that we're not normal. We're not average. You know, We're not going to stand here in front of you and read off a PowerPoint. Like, that's just, no. And we don't want it to ever be that way. No, exactly. And that's how conferences are when you go and you attend a one-hour session. And I'm not dogging conferences because I go to them too. <laughs> but it's like, this was something that we felt like we could do and still provide the educational information, but still have some fun with it. And that's exactly how I would kind of approach bioethics. I would not stand up there and lecture and say, okay, well, here's abortion. If... In my little happy world, or whatever the hell you want to call it, what I would do is I would say, okay, next week, we're talking abortion. I want you to go out, and I want you to research, and I want you to find out where you are. Find out how you feel. Truly, truly research it. Like, don't just, you know, oh, well, here's the bullshit that I put up here. Find out where you are in this. And then when we come back to class next week... We're going to separate the classroom, and we're going to have a debate. Now, we're not, not heated, but, I mean, we're going to discuss it back and forth. Not with the intention of trying to change anybody's mind, because God knows if you listen to anything or read anything on Facebook, you're never going to change the mind of somebody who, you know, which you can get down the whole political path and stuff like that, but but just to have that discussion. I, I think a lot of classes 
especially classes such as that. Like, I don't know if this applies to geometry, you know, like I don't think discussion works. Like it's a formula, just stick to it. I get it. But for the rest of classes, I think our education systems in general and classes such as ethics, where it really should be this, it's become too principled. Oh, we have to have a test. Why? Why do we have to have a test? Like, what am I actually learning from a test? I felt like I got a better education than my son's going to get because of standardized testing and I didn't have it, you know? So why, why are we bracketed into these classes where they're putting a test on something that may or may not be appropriate? I was going to say, I went through a class, a logic class. That was literally what it was logic. I can't remember what level it was. And literally it was the coolest class. It was only like my second semester. I was like, wow, college is so amazing because literally the teacher, she would get up in front of the class. It was in the big stadium or amphitheater style seating, you know, like you see in the shows. I was like, wow, I can't believe these classrooms actually exist, you know, and I've never seen one since. So it's kind of weird, but I was like, okay, so we're in there and she would literally tell us a question. Like it was a story question though. And then she'd say next week, we're going to discuss it. So you had to sit at home and think about it. And if you didn't and you came into class, everybody knew. Right. It was the onus was on you to be prepared and to have done the work and to have actually thought about the problem. And then you discuss why or how or what principles of logic, etc. But in the same vein for the bioethics class or teaching it that way would be, hey, you know, all you had to do was read. <laughs> right. Read a little, read a lot, whatever. But all you had to do is be prepared so you could defend your position. And it wasn't just because I said, because guess what? This does apply later on when you're dealing with patients or you're dealing with administrators or you're dealing with physicians and they go, why? You can't just say, because I thought, no. (laughs) I thought snowflake. And then just, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's not that. So we have the opportunity for classes like ethics or logic, or they keep stressing critical thinking in all these educational classes. And I know we're getting a little, that's why I said side rant. We're getting a little away from the purpose no, of the show. I, I, I told you, I didn't know how this conversation was going to go. And I'm but, perfectly fine with but, it. Cause it's, it's but needs, I mean, but to steer it back to the basis of this episode, you know, I mean, and I, it's not just religion. I mean, it could be religion and ethics or aspects of it or mm-hmm. however you want to frame it. But when someone says, why did you make that decision? we keep saying we're training these new nurses, but we're not, we're not. And if you want religion to be a guiding principle and something you're doing, that's fine. But if I ask you a question or how did that, you know, affect this, I expect some kind of answer, not just because, and, and I tell you one of the dangers of not having critical thinking skills and saying, well, it's okay to be religious, which it is. I'm not saying you shouldn't be religious or anybody shouldn't be religious. I also don't want to hear, well, that's what I thought God would want. No, 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 no. (laughs) You, you accidentally gave him 40 milligrams of morphine. I don't think that's, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to make sure that if somebody's going to have guiding principles or whatever in their life, or when we teach them in class, I want to hear an actual answer that is beyond because I want to hear, you know, preparation and what's going on. And that's why I think that teaching a class like that would be really interesting because you're going to make them, you're basically going to force that hand. You can't just say, well, because right. Like you said, and 
when I did teach nursing students, because I used to teach patho years ago, you know, I would get off on this rant and I would say, you know, because these were brand new, like, this was their first medical class ever. I'm talking like baby green, green, green like not even baby nurses. Like, yeah, like, cool. <laughs> and I would tell them, I'd say, you know, you need to figure out where you lie on most everything to an extent. I mean, obviously you don't know until you're put in that situation per se, but I'm like, as a nurse and particularly now, even as a provider, you are making ethical decisions absolutely every single day, whether it is trying to figure out a way for this patient to stretch their medication because you know they can't afford it, whether it is, I've sat down and told patients, this is going to, you know, if you don't change your ways, this is going to kill you. Like, legit, not playing. Like, so, I mean, it, it, there are decisions that are made every day based on your own beliefs and you need to be right with those. I guess is kind of the way where I, where I was going with that. Well, yeah, it doesn't even have to always be immoral. It could be legal. It could be ethical. Just you have to know where your lines and boundaries are and what you're going to do to operate within it. I think one of the social media accounts that we're on, where I posted something about one of the many new attacks that have happened on nurses recently, and somebody yes. that's not in healthcare was said, if this didn't happen in a hospital they could have legally shot them you know they were like so why aren't you guys defending yourself so i explained to them the pressures and backwards way of thinking that administrators place on nursing staff and the fact of some of the facts that had happened i mean it was a published story so i mean people can read it if they want but basically i said you know i know how i feel and if the administration wanted to get rid of me for defending myself, I'm I'm perfectly okay with this because at the end of the day, you I'm not going to allow myself or any other staff member to be harmed because a physician doesn't want to order restraints or the administration wants to tell patients it's okay to beat up staff members. It will not happen in front of me. I understand where I I feel on that. So if that situation arises, that's one of the beauties of knowing that and and i think some of this comes with experience i don't think this is something we can purely teach right no i i agree wholeheartedly i, I think some of this has to be you have been punched in the face so you're like nope that won't happen again yeah. <laughs> you know you you have to go through that and so i think it's good for new people to have like i said not not just religious but moral and ethical like i i know where i feel i know where i stand and that day when a physician tells you to do something that you don't feel comfortable with, you've already had that discussion in your head. I'm not doing or, this. The flip side of that is the day that you know that order that the physician is giving is kind of a bullshit order, but you know that it's going to save that patient's life, even if it's not necessarily what the patient wants, you need to know where you stand on that too. I mean, there's lots of just so many caveats to, to a lot of this. And I don't even really know where I was going with this conversation. <laughs> I mean, I really truly well, don't. It, it just... started off with how we teach students, but, and, and honestly, I did some research and I'm glad I didn't go this way about, you know, the different religious aspects. Like, you know, if you're treating a Muslim patient, do this, or if you're treating Jewish right. patient, do that. I, I like where this conversation is going instead. Again, I, I don't even know if this is so much a religious conversation anymore as more as a, principle what is your principle how do you feel or how do you deal with stuff i 
it's strange for me because I am still a newer provider. So I'm still dealing with or learning things. I feel blessed to have that experience though, going into this where I've dealt with certain things and I know how I feel about certain aspects of healthcare and what I'm willing to do or how I'm willing to handle things. I did have a, I did have a, a tough one the other day where uh, long story short, a person's life was in danger, but they were worried about money. And I had to sit there with them and have that conversation about, well, here, here's what happens if you don't. And so right. it's, uh, it's always, I found that much tougher than if they had actually like been coding for some reason, I'm at peace with myself. Like, this is what I'm here for. This is what I'm trained to do. But then to have to look someone in the eye and say, well, here's your choice. And one of them leads to not making it through this condition. And the other one does. I found that to be, right. uh, it, it upset me in another way that how are we the wealthiest country in the history of mankind? But I am looking at a person who realizes that they may possibly die because they can't afford care. Yeah. Like how, then, how is that? Po it made me feel morally bankrupt. And even though I'm not the one that did anything about it, it was a very tough. So when I hear people talk, especially people outside of healthcare talk about how, well, we need to do this. And I'm like, hmm, maybe you don't need to <laughs> be making this type of decision because you've never been in that spot. And maybe that's the wrong way to look at it because I think we all have to work together. So, yeah, I'm wrong. I am wrong. We, we all need to work together. But I find it much more difficult to listen to someone. Like, I would never tell a plumber how to fix a pipe. Like, right. I'm not a plumber. <laughs> I fixed one thing under a sink one time. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, it, it's a tough situation to be in. And I think you hit it on the head is people need to to know but unfortunately that's the shit part that's like telling people to enjoy their youth yes they won't get it till they're old <laughs> they, right? till their knees hurt every time they wake up in the morning yeah. and their backs hate. yeah and then they're like gosh i miss being old or i miss being young yeah you know and and, and that's true and i i and the reason i referenced the the moral injury burnout episode earlier you know is it's like are there people who are feeling the same way? And it's like, it's just, again, it's another thing that feels kind of taboo. Like you just don't hear a lot of talk about ethics and religion or principle as you, as you put it, uh, you know, it's not like we sit around the water cooler and go, well, you know, Jack, what did you do today? Did you, uh, did you pay for that patient's medication so that he could, you know, continue to live, you know, or did you, uh, did you give, that girl, the uh, number of the abortion clinic. I mean, it, it's not anything that we kind of talk. It's like, we all have to kind of internalize it. We're all going through it. Yeah. I, I was, no one talks about Well, it. you know, and one of the things, eh, well, in a way, I guess we indirectly talk about it in my area. Um, again, I live in an area with a large opiate addiction yes. issue. I have been trained and have done Narcan kits to addicts or family members of addicts. And I see 
the you know the memes and the posts like well why can't we give why can't we give insulin away for free if we give narcan away for free and first of all let me explain this to you i absolutely agree like if we can do that then how come we can't figure out a way to make chemo more affordable or insulin more affordable etc okay so that's ultimately the point i was going to make is that because you and another person both have a problem do not make you does not make you enemies like i think that's part of the problem with social media and ben knows i can't walk away from a good argument on facebook it's true it's terrible even i hate myself sometimes like geez just stop typing and just walk away you know but i can't and i i know why i can't and i've told ben before because my problem is i know i may not be able to change the mind of the person I'm directly arguing with. And I understand that. But I think if even one person reads their argument and doesn't hear a counterpoint, if they walk away, I were like, well, no, 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 you need to hear both sides of the story. And that's what I feel like I'm doing. And I know that may or may not be right. And you and I take a completely different standpoint on that. You would rather get in that argument and display both sides of it, which I, I respect you for their days that irritates the hell out of me, but I respect <laughs> you for it. Whereas I'm more the, you know what, if I see it, I'm just like, whatever, which for somebody maybe, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, but I mean, for somebody else, maybe that's, or maybe why you can't do that is because that makes it feel like you don't necessarily agree with it, but you're not actively voicing against it. And so in some level it is kind of an agreement. I always feel like there are people out there that will read somebody posting something stupid and okay, let's just, let's anti-vaxxer. Let's say, first of all, I don't think I know anybody that's directly an anti-vaxxer because I would have erased their ass in a minute, but <laughs> let's say I did and I don't say anything, right? Let's say Jill, I don't know, somebody named Jill yeah. reads this yeah. post about anti-vaxxers and she knows I'm reading it because we're friends and I don't say anything. I feel like Jill's going to implicitly think, well, Tom didn't tell her she was wrong, so maybe it's right. If I don't say something, if I don't confront stupidity, and it's not always stupid. I don't want everybody to think that just because I'm arguing with somebody, I think they're stupid. That's totally not it. Because I will argue, I might agree with you on the one post and literally three posts later, I'm going to argue with you. Like, if I think it's wrong, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to... True. I'm going to say it. And that's not because I want to argue. It's because, like I just said, I have this fear that something is going. I shouldn't say fear. Fear is the wrong word. Fear makes it sound like I truly like I'm staying awake at night and I'm not. But right. Yeah. Like, I just don't want someone to walk away going, oh, well, maybe vaccines do cause autism. Well, Tom didn't say anything. So maybe that's partly true. Versus if I come out and I'm like, you guys are damn morons. I got a feeling they're going to know uh, Tom does not believe them. <laughs> Tom, Tom thinks that they're wrong. It, it's, no, I, 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 I get that. I do. And and so I'm not always saying that's, that's your thing. I'm not saying I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the greatest approach. I'm just saying like, that's how I got into it. And I see some of the Facebook groups were in for healthcare professionals. As a matter of fact, we were just talking about that pre-production is like, there's a group that just popped up. I think I'm going to leave because now we have people that are claiming to be healthcare professionals openly saying stuff that we know is not true. 
like anti-vaccination issues and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't want to be associated with that. And again, that just goes back to, I know where my line is. I'm willing to argue with you as long as we're within the confines of common sense. When you start leaving that, I don't really want to argue with you because what's the point? Hashtag flat earth. Oh my Uh, God. (laughs) Don't even. Oh, wow. Yeah. You like literally just made my eye twitch. Just, I know. But I mean, you could throw all, you could throw all of them in the same bucket. Flat earthers, anti-vaxxers. There, there's yeah. a bunch of them that are that are into this thing. So, hey, I was about to but get I'm, I was about to get slightly political there for a minute. I so I know that's why I was just mm. <laughs> bracing yourself. That we don't get political on this show. Yeah, no. I just saw him cringe and brace like I like he was getting ready to be in a car wreck, and I was like, yeah, I better stop. Yeah. And I think just kind of wrapping this episode up, because so we didn't really get much education-wise, statistic-wise, I mean, you know, nothing like that. But, I mean, just, you know, kind of like we said, know where you're at, know your principles, whether that's rooted in religion, whether that's rooted in ethics, whether that's rooted, I think ideally, it's rooted in several different things. It's not just you have to, you know, it's not like those memes you see on Facebook where it's like, oh, well, you can pick two of these, and that's what you would have, you know. <laughs> like, you can... That's not a that's not a rule. <laughs> right, yeah. You can pull it from multiple things and it's okay to, for things to change along the way too. I mean, it's not like yesterday you were you know, I I don't really think that this is right. And yeah, far too often it, people feel like they picked a side and they have to stick with it. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You know you don't believe that anymore. That's what you said once when you were, or here's another thing I don't, I I see that people are getting hit up on a lot recently is something they said 20 years ago. And I don't mean something declarative, like, oh, geez, that's a, wow. Even then that would probably make my, my head tilt a little bit. But when some of these people are like, I I was 15 years old and, and I said something stupid and I've spent the rest of my life not being that person, I really think that perhaps sometimes social media needs to lighten up on on some of these uh some of these issues but one of the other things i was going to say especially since we were talking about basically this this is a discussion between us and with you the listener about how do you view things is i think it's good to keep your mind it's good to keep the principles in mind because it also helps you with keeping your mind open. Like, you know how you feel. And now that patient, whatever they say, doesn't have to affect you. I know Ben's area is way less diverse than the area I currently live in. And I run into patients with all sorts of belief systems and none of them. I think sometimes people feel threatened or they change the way they do stuff because, well, I guess I just said that backwards that they change some of the things they do because they feel threatened. And I don't have that issue because I know what I believe and I know my ethical and moral and principles and boundaries. And so if somebody else comes in saying something, I'm like, well, that's good for you. It doesn't change my outlook or how I would treat them in any way. Right. Because I have that grounding. It's not going to fundamentally change you because your patient does this. Yeah, let, let's say, let's go with flat earther. That's a good one, you know, because that's one that doesn't affect. I would say if somebody said they were anti-vaccine, I might have a talk with them and say, look, ultimately it's your choice. However, here's, you know, what what's the issue or 
you know, we can have that conversation. But if it's something just off the wall, they believe that the government's run by lizard people or the earth is flat or something like that. I can literally sit there, smile and be like, well, that's great. You just need to take some Zyrtec. You can go home now. Like it's not going to affect my day because I've already had that discussion with myself. And it shouldn't affect your day. And I also don't think that it, you know, like you mentioned the Muslim doctor with the, the Jewish patient comment earlier. The flip side of that, I think, is then you obviously don't want it to impact your care. Like, I mean, I, yes, I'm rooted where I am. And just because my patient is a flat earther, because we're going to use that as an example, um, doesn't mean that that's going, that I'm going to provide them any less care than I would any other person. Exactly. And it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, and even if they sit there and try to convince me that the earth is flat, I will listen to them. Doesn't mean it's going to fundamentally change where I'm at. But I think that it's a respect thing at that point. Like I respect their opinion. I respect their beliefs, but it doesn't necessarily, and I'm not going to change my opinion based on that. And I think I get a lot of, I'm going to put in quotes here, air quotes, crazy patients that I, that see me and establish with me. And they will tell me the reason that I'm established with you is because you treat me like a person. I know I'm crazy and they will say this, but you don't treat me like I'm crazy. And and ultimately I think that's what, that's what we should be presenting to our patients is, and, and whether they think we like them, we don't like them. You know, I mean, that's a whole nother issue, but they should walk away feeling like one, we weren't biased. Right. And two, that we were treating them with the best care that we can and that, treating them like a human being. I mean, like you said, a flat earther could try to talk to me all day long, but at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, well, I can still do math. So I, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But if they're sick, they're sick. And honestly, I use that same guiding principle with the frequent flyers and we all have had frequent flyers. Oh yes. Yes. But I try and remember that each time they deserve the same level of care and attention because guess what? Even frequent flyers or crazy people, air quotes, get sick. And no, no, I'm not willing to be that person that just tosses them out and doesn't actually give them the due respect and care that they deserve just because they're there three times a week. Now, I may roll my eyes and grumble and bitch from my office <laughs> to the door. To that door. But the moment I walk in that door, what brings you in today? I mean, and it's just, it's a, you know, maybe, maybe this is a whole like religion, ethics, principles, respect episode. But I, I, I don't know. But I mean, I think that's what truly what it boils down to. And, and we no, don't see a lot of that on social media or, or things like that because people hired behind like keyboard warriors. Oh, and it's like yes. Just respect people you know i, I don't everyone's know. tough everyone's tough on a computer screen yeah it, it's amazing how little flack i catch in real life but boy on facebook there's some real tough guys out there i'm just just throwing <laughs> that out there you know but i am the exact same way and i think my staff has finally adjusted to it or they're still adjusting to it is I will, man, I'm, I'm just a, my emotions on my sleeve person. If I am pissed off, everybody in a 10 foot radius is going to know I'm unhappy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
it didn't stop me from doing anything. Like I may have grumbled, but I walked in there. I did my job. I did it the best I can every time. Yeah. And so I, I think that's like my vent. Like some people go home and have a scotch on the rocks and some people go golfing once a week or something. That's just my, my instant. I have to bitch for a couple seconds that I can move on with my life. But when you tell me to bottle it up, I think that's when bad things are going to happen. That's frequently when I get those text messages from you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tom, how's your day? I'm like, I'm going to give you one more chance to ask me that because <laughs> I don't think you actually want to know how my day is going. But and, and that's the thing is it probably isn't even going that bad. But in my head, I just need to bitch for a second and move on. And I know that about myself. It's never going to stop me from doing what I need to do. But that's my pressure relief valve. So, yep. Well, Tom, anything else you want to add to this episode? I said I, I knew whenever we hit record, I didn't know where we were going to go with this other than I wanted to kind of give my testimony because I wanted to get it out there. You know, and beyond that, we just kind of had a conversation. Um, no. And you know, I, I, I liked it. And honestly, I think we need to have, and if people can email us or post on our social media, I think we need to have a more in-depth actual one about nurse education the different levels what we need to do at the different levels that is one of my great passions is what are we doing for training and and providing education to people i think we hit on that in indirect and direct ways yes i agree and maybe and honestly kind of gave me an idea maybe we should have a diversity episode like hey if you're treating somebody that's got Sunnis as a cultural background like I mean we don't have to get that specific but you know or you have uh, Hasidic or Orthodox Jewish patients you know what are some things perhaps you need to be aware about when dealing with that I think this is actually a great conversation to open those doors if people want to hear more about it that you know we threw it out there so let's find out what what happens next and as Tom reference you can find us on all of our social media sites. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. You can interact with us there. Uh, we also have our official Facebook group that you can get into, and Tom and I are a little bit more active in that group than on the actual page itself. If you just want to listen to episodes, you can find us on YouTube. You can also find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. You can find us at justsomepodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. And you can find us on Helium Radio Network. Helium After Dark, Channel 2, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Email us and have this conversation with us. Admin at justsomepodcast.com. I'll say we, we've been getting a lot more activity on the feedback and email front, so this this could be an Keep interesting week. That'd yeah, be good. <laughs> no, I'm, I think it'll be good, but I'm just like, oh, boy, here we go. Because <laughs> as we talked about Flat Earthers, I guarantee you, out of 40,000 people or however many a week are listening to us on helium or something like one of them is going to pop up and try to convince me that the earth is flat. And I'm going to be like, you know, since they built the damn pyramids, we figured out it was round. So I I don't think you're going to have much luck, but say, well, I appreciate your, uh, your opinions and we'll move on from there because we're going to, you know, work on respecting everybody. Mm. And, Mm. Anyway, hey, Tom, next week, man, Mother's Day episode already, dude. Isn't that crazy? 
that's very crazy. And we reached out to I'm.nurse.liz, who is on Instagram and YouTube, I know. I'm sure I think she's got a Facebook page too. But we reached out to her, and so we're going to do a women's health episode uh, for Mother's Day, which I thought was fitting. For all the mamas out there. Yeah, all, all the mamas. Much love to the mamas. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. Always. And then I, I know we still got some other stuff coming up that, you know, we're doing some investigative reporting, and we got some... We still need to do the vaccine debate. I actually... I hadn't told you this yet, but I have talked... I have I've secured a moderator, non-medical... For the vaccine debate. Yeah, you secured him. I wonder I which did. side he's going to err on. That's freaking already stacking the deck, huh? Well, now, Tom, you know, I was told you I was going to take the anti-vax standpoint for that episode. <clears throat> so I, I know going into this episode that I am but one man against an army of millions. I really hope we're going to have to put out like literally 45 disclaimers like ben is not actually anti-vax every every 45 seconds right yeah <laughs> yes because otherwise i don't want one person to walk away like i'm never listening to that podcast again one of the guys is an anti-vaxxer like right that would be bad <laughs> but no i talked to mike from pop psych 101 and he's non-medical and so i said hey would you be willing to be a moderator for our debate and he willingly accepted, so... That's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we got that coming up. We got all kinds of cool stuff, so reach out to us. Join the conversation. If you want to be on the show, if you are a specialty area and you want to talk about whatever, let us know. I mean, we're always looking for fun and exciting and interesting conversations, right, Tom? Always. But on that note, I'm just trying get... to I'm trying to behave myself since you gave you are, me that evil really eye. Well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on that note, hey man. Hope everybody has a great week. Hey everybody, stay safe out there. <laughs>